atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Show. All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman and Kirk Crosby live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refuse to use, no doubt, continues now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for September the 10th in the year of our Lord, 2019. This is our two of two. Our goal always to promote God, family, and country and to protect life, liberty, and property. Kirk Crosby's with me. Welcome, sir. Buenos dias. Uh, Greetings and salutations. Howdy, howdy, howdy. Thank you, Sam. You are very welcome, sir. And our buddy Alan Phillips, well-known vaccine attorney, vaccinerights.com and pandemicresponseproject.com with us. Welcome back, my friend. Pleasure to be here, Sam. Have to um, add a uh, correction there. No, not currently a a licensed attorney, but still uh, activist and um, perhaps one of the, if I may, Toot my own horn, one of the nation's leading legal experts on vaccine exemptions. All right. An expert on vaccine exemptions. And let's give people, I know you may not want to talk about every bit of it yet. Things are a little bit fresh and going on, but people are wondering why you've been missing for the last couple of months. And we've introduced you as an attorney for quite some time. And so uh, do you want to just kind of catch people up a little bit? Sure. Give you kind of an overview. And it's a story in progress with anywhere from months to years yet to play out before we see the uh, the full story here. But uh, let's say I got uh, tangled with the North Carolina State Bar, the agency that licenses attorneys in North Carolina, and uh, a, a story is actually three years long at this point, Sam, but a person who is now widely recognized in the alternative vaccine community as a pharmaceutical troll uh, launched a couple of false complaints against me with the North Carolina State Bar. And to my great dismay and surprise, the bar picked up that ball and ran with it. And the latter part of that story was an investigation. And one of the things that state bars do is investigate their own attorneys if they get complaints against the attorneys. And all attorneys have a set of ethical rules they have to follow, um, which amount to being honest, um, managing client funds properly, and so forth and so on, a whole list of different things that uh, supposedly attorneys are supposed to do. And included in that list of ethical rules is that attorneys are actually required to rat on one another if they see a colleague who engages in serious ethical misconduct. So in keeping with that law, I saw some egregious misconduct uh, on the part of the attorneys whose job it is to investigate all the other attorneys. And as required by law, I reported them. Ironically, I had to report them to themselves. did not appear to be a system in North Carolina. For dealing with that, what the law says is when there's that kind of a conflict of interest, they have to send that complaint out to another state bar. Nobody with a North Carolina law license can investigate the agency that licenses them, least of all the ones who work directly for that agency. But they didn't do that. They investigated it themselves over 30 pages, ultimately over 50 pages of documents 
showing um, a years-long pattern of problems in the North Carolina State Bar, and they decided to investigate themselves, and despite the multitude of documents uh, and a complaint supported by two independent legal analyses, they deemed there was nothing wrong, nothing to investigate, no problems here, and we don't need to do anything about that. But they came after me without actually even accusing me of doing anything wrong and demanded that I hand over years of client files so they could dig around to see if they could find a problem. Now, on a common sense level, that makes no sense. Legally, it turns out to be illegal. And when I didn't turn over client files in their investigation, they filed a lawsuit. And um, this is an oversimplification of a much more complicated set of facts and details. But the net result of all of this is that they didn't like the fact that I attempted to um, – well, I didn't attempt. I exposed publicly, created a nonprofit, published documents on a website and so forth. And they didn't care for me exposing that, and I appear to have tapped into something much larger, uh, a system, uh, much larger than just a few bad apples at the North Carolina State Bar, and I doubt that – the North Carolina bars is the only bar in the country that has a kind of a problem like this. I've heard from people, at least one other bar where it sounded like there were what was a, a version of something similar that had gone on as well. So I, I doubt that it goes on throughout the country, but I wouldn't be surprised, in, in, like in, in every state or every state bar, but I wouldn't be surprised if North Carolina was not an isolated case here. But anyway, when you um, go up against the system – they can, and sometimes do, retaliate. I ended up spending 79 days in jail in four consecutive um, jail sentences for two, two, 30, and 45 days, just back-to-back -back right in a row. They created court orders that were impossible to or illegal to fulfill, thereby uh, having created a mechanism for sending me to jail. Um, when you violate a court order in a civil case, you can be held in civil contempt, and one of the penalties uh, can be imprisonment. Uh, but from my perspective, it was clearly a message to make sure nobody else joins me in my whistleblowing activities. Well, the case is over. I'm in the early stages of getting an appeal up and running, and appeals can take many months to play out. So we'll see what happens. I probably have already said more than I should have here this morning, but well, and let's let's take this a little broader for a second, if we might. <clears throat> sure. You know, one thing is the vaccine debate in America, which you know is hot as all get out, and you know that anybody who uh, stands against just unlimited vaccinations uh, somehow gets blackballed and becomes the enemy. They're a conspiracy nut. They're, a, uh, you know, they're abused on so many fronts, uh, which is interesting in and of itself, because you would think if the science was solid that they would just want to debate the science behind it. But what happens is if you're uh, uh, not for just unlimited jabs, unlimited vaccinations, or if you bring up any question about their um, effectiveness uh, and or their um, safety, 
you're instantly just absolutely blackballed. If you're a medical professional, uh, give it up. If you're an attorney, as you can see, give it up. If you're not a professional, you're like me, then they just malign your characters all they do. But no matter what, if you stand against it, your career's over and or you're, you're just basically painted as a kook or a nut. They don't debate the science behind it because they'll lose every time and they know it. And that shows you uh, oftentimes I, I met with a uh, nurse that delivers vaccinations and you know, I said, hey, I'm not really for vaccines. And she's like, I said, you want me to explain why? And she's like, no, I've heard it all. I've heard everything. Oh, really? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a 40-year nurse. I've been around for a long time. You can't bring up something that I haven't already heard. So I don't really want to hear it. And I said, I bet you uh, that I can bring up something you haven't heard of. And she's like, oh, I doubt it. But go ahead and try. And so I said, ma'am, are you familiar with the Vaccine in- Injury Compensation Fund? Uh, and I want to know, uh, if you're familiar with it, how long it's been in existence and um, how much money that the taxpayers have had to pay when vaccines go wrong. Are you aware of this? And are you? And, and the answer is she was not aware of it. It's been, it's been going on since the 80s. Literally, what, billions of dollars? Over uh, $4 billion. Over $4 billion. Literally billions of dollars <clears throat> for when vaccines are not safe and they're not effective. <clears throat> and the taxpayers are on the hook to pay that. And the taxpayers um, don't know it exists. But if vaccines are so safe and so effective, why does it exist? And her response was, I didn't know about that. Wow, you got me. But it's a drop in the bucket. Who cares? She didn't say who cares, but she said it's a drop in the bucket. They've done so much good. Uh, But this is an example where even the physicians and even the nurses and even the, the professionals in these fields don't know the whole story about it. Uh, she probably won't think about it one more uh, iota, but a lot of people will and say $4 billion plus, that's a lot of money. And if they're so safe and effective, why would we be spending so much money when it goes wrong? And why would we have this compensation fund that's in a way so secret? Oh, it was codified into law by Congress. I believe unconstitutionally, but, but why don't people know about this fund? Because they don't want you to know. They don't want it to be in the normal course. They don't want it to hit the news. They don't want you to hear when vaccines aren't safe and aren't effective. They want to basically, um, Deep six it. But they also want to get the vaccine companies off the hook. Uh, and if you study, the whole reason the compensation fund was funded is because these companies had so much liability that they were simply going to melt down and go under over the liabilities. That's how unsafe and ineffective they really are. Uh, but anyway, the whole point is this nurse had no knowledge of what I speak. So who's the expert there, Alan? Well, it really goes to the heart of the issue. And I'll tell you, Sam. When you are put in a situation where there are so many things that you can't do, and I'm speaking of incarceration, it leaves you with so few things that you can do. Uh, and one of those things being, which was a dangerous situation for them to put me in, dangerous to them, because I have a very creative mind, and if you take away the things I spend my time doing that keep me busy, you uh, create a very fertile environment for that creative mind. I did a lot of thinking, Sam, developed a lot of um, uh, ideas and thoughts, many of which were just uh, further developments of things I was, uh, tracks I'd already gone down. But I, I want to... Um, yeah, uh, sadly, you call it a three-meal three meal a day think tank, don't you? <laughs> it was. But I want to... Um, I'm going to actually agree with the nurse. I want to come back and, and uh, tongue-in-cheek and, and address that. Let's response. do that. Then let's get into a little bit about the think tank, some of the stuff that's going on. Let's broaden the discussion, too. I want to talk about this. This conflict of interest by the bar 
in North Carolina there. That isn't about vaccines. That's about the conflict of interest and the corruption in the courts and the corruption with our system. We'll broaden the discussion of that, too, in seconds. As a parent, is receiving a faith-based, character-focused education for your children difficult to find? Do you believe that godly principles should be a central component in your child's education? Imagine a school where faith and integrity are at its center, where heritage and responsibility instill character. For over 40 years, American Heritage School has been educating both hearts and minds, bringing out academic excellence. This is the school where character and embracing the providence of a living God are fundamental, where students' national test scores average near the 90th percentile. With American Heritage School's Advanced Distance Education Program, distance is no longer an issue. With an accredited LDS-oriented curriculum from kindergarten through 12th grade, your children can attend from anywhere in the world. American Heritage School will prepare your child for more than a job. It will prepare them for life. To learn more, visit American-Heritage.org. That's American-Heritage.org. Liberty is not free. Its costs are innumerable. Without monetary funding, the valiant efforts of freedom-loving Americans become diminished or outright defeated. We present a solution, the Give Me Liberty Fund. The plan is quite simple. Invite individual Americans to contribute less than a dollar a day. These monetary funds are used to promote liberty-minded media, organizations, events, candidates, movements, and speakers. In the spirit of transparency, all expenditures are published. Patriotic business owners provide discounted products and services to Give Me Liberty Fund members. Our greatest strength is in numbers. Go to GiveMeLibertyFund.com and become part of the solution today. GiveMeLibertyFund.com. Participate in the peaceful restoration of the greatest and freest country in the world. We're talking to Alan Phillips, vaccine policy expert, public speaker, and more. Let's introduce you like that, Alan. How's that? That sounds great, Sam. And uh, we're talking about this nurse that I talked to, and she didn't know. She's been in uh, vaccinations for 40 years, man, just giving the jab to everybody that she comes in contact with. And she didn't know about the vaccine injury compensation fund and she didn't realize we've spent over four billion dollars as taxpayers uh, to cover when vaccines go wrong uh, and how they're basically taken out of the mainstream courts where the average joe doesn't really get uh, a wind of it um but she just kind of mocked it and said oh that's just a drop in the bucket they've done so much good most people are starting to learn the truth about vaccinations and really this isn't about attacking vaccines this is about the truth regarding vaccines though alan well, I just had to throw this in, Sam, for fun, uh, if any of this could ever be considered fun. Uh, she's absolutely right. It is only a drop in the bucket. There was a uh, federal department of health and human services report in 2011 that said less than 1% of vaccine adverse events ever get reported. Less than 1% could be nine-tenths of a percent or one-hundredth of a percent. I mean, we don't know. So that 4.1% billion dollars, almost 4.2 now, because of course that number is growing all the time, uh, could represent 40 billion or 400 billion or more 
if you can put a number on disability and death, of what's actually going on. So as outrageous as $4 billion is, that number is a drop in the bucket. Of course, she was referring to something different than this, but it's an interesting potential follow-up. But what what the example displays, Sam, it goes really to a fundamental point at the heart of this very issue and, frankly, at the heart of any of the grand deceptions of our day. As you know, there are many of them, uh, although certainly vaccines is, is one of the big ones. And uh, something that I think most people who are aware of the truth in, in many of these different deceptions uh, are still unaware of, and it's a fundamental piece to re- ultimately resolving these issues, Sam. And it boils down to first recognizing that we are where we are because there's a, a massive control system in place that has gotten us here. And they have not gotten us here randomly, but rather by, and I hate to compliment evil, but these people are very good at what they do. And they are masters of the psychology, and this is really a fundamental point. When you talk to this nurse and she rolls her eyes, or anyone else rolls her eyes, laughs at you, says those anti-vaccine people are crazy or what have you, these people are not stupid, Sam. They are psychologically manipulated. And for the most part, that manipulation goes on at a subconscious emotional level. And it certainly has its outer waking consciousness level of it. But in one sense or another, what goes on in the conscious mind is my understanding of what goes on makes sense to me. So if you disagree with me, you must be nonsensical or crazy or, or what have you. Now, that's that's what goes on on the rational level. But on the subconscious psychological level, and this is emotional, it's not an intellectual process. You know, people say, well, nobody could fool the majority of medical doctors. Those people are brilliant. They represent the intellectual elite of our society. Well, actually, Sam, this non-intellectual psychological manipulation process actually can work more effectively on people who are intellectually or academically. Yes, it can. And here's how it goes. Who is, here's the nurse's mind or mind of of an expert in the field, who is ignorant Sam, who hasn't taken the eight years of the whatever that I have, the schooling, the the education, the, um, uh, oh, what do they call those doctors get, uh, not an internship, a, uh, what's it called that a doctor gets after their... Oh, the residency. Yeah, residency. He hasn't gone through all these things that I have. He hasn't studied the literature that I have. And, and literally there's this low-level hatred towards Sam making a how-dare-you assertion. Right? But Sam, the question, the question is why? Because that, what you just described goes on, but that is not what is driving their position. That is the end result of a non-intellectual process, a, an emotional, psychological, and subconscious process that is actually driving that. The reason we are losing the vaccine war even more rapidly today, despite the fact that we've never had as many people awake and aware and more awakening all the time, those are seemingly contradictory facts. And the conclusion, the first conclusion from from that seeming contradiction is that while awareness is critical, you can't address a problem until you recognize there is one, awareness itself does nothing to fix the problem. Yeah, for example, even Satan knows that Jesus is the Christ, right? It doesn't (laughs) help him a bit, now does it? 
No, it doesn't. But but the point here, Sam, is that while awareness is the first step, it doesn't it doesn't fix anything. And more importantly, arguing the facts, arguing the truth, arguing the law doesn't work. We've been doing that for over 100 years on this issue, and it hasn't ever slowed down the pharmaceutical industry. In fact, they want us to be doing that because they know it's ineffective at stopping them. It's not that the issue isn't ultimately a science question. Of course it is. But all we have to do is look at what we've been doing up to this point, and whatever it is, it hasn't worked, and things are getting worse so arguing the truth doesn't work. Well, Alan, what the heck are you talking about? What else are you going to argue if you're not going to argue the truth? Well, the point here, Sam, is that there's a control mechanism in place. All the systems that we work in, the courts, the legislatures, the medical publishing industry, and other aspects of that system, all those systems are controlled. The answers or outcomes are predetermined. And unfortunately, we are limited to those systems where we can operate, whereas the control system operates outside of the law whenever it so chooses and pleases them to do so, and they do so so far with impunity. So how do we address all of this? Well, in concept, Sam, it's really simple. In practice, it's uh, obviously difficult or it would have happened a long time ago. But in concept, we have to disarm that underlying control system or disable it or neutralize it. Until that happens, nothing else we do is going to matter because the outcome is predetermined. There were 10 times as many people who showed up at the Capitol in California fighting the SB 277, whenever it was, a couple of years ago now. But uh, there were 10 times as many people opposing that bill as there were people who showed up to support it, and it passed anyway. Why? because it was a predetermined outcome. There's a corruption system. So the corruption has to be neutralized. That power or control system has to be neutralized before we're going to be able to have any kind of reliability on the legislatures to act according to what's in their constituents' best interest or to get judges to rule on um, the law. When and, and I don't mean this in a critical way to judges, but when a, when a judge is fully steeped in the pro-vaccine view, and somebody comes in with a legal argument that says, Judge, you can't enter an order that lets this child be vaccinated. Uh, the judge may not say this verbally, but the judge's actions are going to say, I'm not going to be responsible for some kid dying from measles. You know, go, go check with the appellate court and see if they'll, they'll play your game, but I'm not going to. And whether we like it or not, the human factor there is, is very powerful and compelling. Why would a judge step over the law? Well, in this arena, because they're afraid of infectious disease. Why are they afraid of infectious disease? Because it's one of the most effective ways to control people, to get them to do things that are actually contrary to the science and the law. So most of the people who are uh, on the front lines acting against us are not stupid, they're not bad people, they are psychologically manipulated people. And if we don't first recognize that we're dealing with psychological barriers, which is about emotions and subconscious, not about the facts and the truth on an intellectual level, we have to uh, deal with those psychological barriers. It's like we have a sack full of mail, and they don't even have a mailbox, and you can't build someone else's mailbox for them. Uh, I use a turtle analogy. I think it's 
kind of silly, but at the same time, a beautiful analogy. The louder and harder you bang on a turtle's shell, the longer it's going to be before that turtle comes out of the shell. And we keep banging louder and harder, and we don't understand why the turtle isn't coming out of its shell. Well, that's because the psychological tactics that are being employed uh, work in such a manner as to render all the things that we're doing ineffective. On the personal level, when you're trying to get information across to someone, you have to understand that there's a psychological barrier to interact with first. Otherwise, you're speaking Japanese to people who speak French, to use a crude analogy. But the point is, it doesn't matter how intelligent and eloquent and informed you are if they can't hear you. So you have to deal with that psychological barrier first. On the collective level, how do we deal with this underlying control system? They have the majority of the positions of power and authority and decision-making. So how do you get past that? And I uh, hear the music starting there, so I'm happy to follow up. In seconds, we'll break. discuss that with Alan Phillips. Ladies and gentlemen, you are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live. Exposing corruption, informing citizens, pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio. USA Radio News with Chris Barnes. There's a special U.S. House election underway now in North Carolina today. President Trump was there last night holding a rally in Fayetteville in support of Republican Dan Bishop in that race. He's facing Democrat Dan McCready, who says he'd be willing to work with President Trump if he won. My hope is that while he's here, um, in addition to doing the rally, he will come and actually talk with people who are struggling with health care costs. Because if I have the honor of serving, I would like to work with the president on lowering prescription drug costs. At that rally, President Trump said a vote for any Democrat this year would be a vote for the rise of radical socialism and the destruction of the American dream. The House Judiciary Panel today to consider some gun measures, including one that would restrict access to high-capacity magazines and also a red flag law. And this is USA Radio News. Hi, I'm Wayne Allen Root. It's time to get in on the 21st century gold rush. I've been a buyer and collector of gold and precious metals for over 20 years. And the reasons to own it are stronger now than ever before in history. The central banks of the world run a record buying spree. Shouldn't you be too? Do you think maybe they know something you don't? Prices are up $200 per ounce in just the last 60 days. In the last gold bull market, it took four years for gold prices to rise $200 per ounce. This is the beginning of an explosive new 21st century gold rush. Analysts see gold prices rising to between $2,000 and $10,000 per ounce. But who you buy it from may be even more important. Swiss America has been America's most trusted name in gold and silver for over 35 years. Swiss America has bought and sold billions of dollars of precious metals for tens of thousands of clients. You need to know how to capitalize and profit on this next big move. Call Swiss America today and receive a free special report just for my listeners. Call 800 buy coin That's 800 buy coin Or 800-289-2646. Or visit online at SwissAmerica.com. North Korea again test-launching two short-range missiles yesterday. First word of the launches came from South Korea's military. 
That's the spokesman for the South Korean Joint Chiefs of Staff announcing the missile launches just hours after the Vice Foreign Minister of North Korea had released a statement suggesting the country was willing to resume comprehensive denuclearization talks with the United States as soon as later this month. Meanwhile, President Trump says any negotiations that the U.S. had been having with the Taliban in Afghanistan are now definitely over after the Taliban takes responsibility for an attack that kills a U.S. soldier last week. When they did that, they killed 12 people. One happened to be a great American soldier. Can't do that with me, so they're dead. Today's World Suicide Prevention Day, and it's important to remember help is always available. This is USA Radio News. All right, we're talking to Alan Phillips, ladies and gentlemen, and we're talking about how to stand up for vaccine choice. And, and the problem is that it's, you know, you're not going to win by the battling the facts. Uh, it's an emotional discussion for these people, Alan. It is, but they are acting on uh, implanted psychological triggers. Of course, they don't realize uh, we're all manipulated. You know, I can remember a time, it's quite quite a long time ago at this point, Sam, but I can remember a time when I thought that anyone who didn't vaccinate was an idiot, and I was quite uh, self-righteous about it, and um, condescending and so forth. And that's the way uh, uh, medical professionals in particular, or other scientists or credentialed people, um, I don't think it's because everybody who goes to medical school is an egomaniac, though surely some are. But I think rather, Sam, that the medical school training, which is subsidized by the pharmaceutical industry, is designed in a way to protect pharmaceutical interests, if you want to put it in, in the sort of bottom line, simplest uh, form. And one of the manifestations of that pharmaceutical interest it's really interesting, uh, Sam. I was actually talking with a medical doctor, and I said, you know, it's as if you guys in medical school um, are taught that you're smarter than everybody else, and if anybody tries to, you know, share some information, you cut them off and tell them you're the boss and you're the expert, and they don't know what they're talking about. And she says back to me, oh, no, Alan, we're actually taught that. And, <laughs> and I was just sort of flabbergasted. Um, I suspect it's you know, more subtle in, in some uh, educational settings than others. What the bottom line is, and it makes perfect sense when you think about it from the pharmaceutical company's point of view, there's a lot of genuine competition out there. And if you want to prevail despite the truth uh, not favoring your position, then you have to come up with other means and tactics besides the truth to achieve your goal. And again, conceptually, that's exactly what we're dealing with. So these people aren't stupid, Sam. They're manipulated. And if we don't recognize that, that that's the case, first of all, and that in order for us to get across our point or at least maximize the chance of successfully doing so, we have to understand that we're dealing with psychological barriers. I do uh, – workshops with activists. I actually do free workshops um, explaining this in more detail and how to interact with and deal with psychological barriers to create a space for the information that you didn't want to get them. But on the collective level, the this is not 100% control, but it's substantial control. The legislatures, the courts, the medical uh, industry, all the different systems we work in are controlled. So I'm not going to suggest 
that we shouldn't file lawsuits, that we shouldn't be legislatively active, that we shouldn't be trying to get new studies published. These are all important arenas that we have to engage in. But if that's all we do, it's a lost cause, Sam. We've been doing that for decades, and we're losing faster than ever. So the bottom line here is the control system has to be neutralized. How do you do that? You put a spotlight on the corruption. And the theory here is simple but profound. Even a bad person will do the right thing if there's a spotlight on them. If a decision-making official, even a corrupt one, is put in a position where he or she has to choose between publicly aligning with corruption or publicly distancing themselves from it or confronting it or opposing it, um, nine times out of ten, they're going to choose to pose it. So how do you put a bright spotlight on the corruption, a bright enough spotlight where the people, uh, whether they're corrupt or not, the decision makers are in a position where they have no choice but to either align with it or oppose it? And uh, I believe that even a bad person, as I said, will do the right thing if there's a spotlight on them. Well, Sam, it's a real simple and yet vastly difficult task. Everybody has to speak out. If one person does it, they squash them. If a small group does it, they discredit them. If a huge number of people do it, they don't have any tools for dealing with that. They have lots of tools to keep that from happening. They use uh, disinformation agents, people pretending to be on our side who really aren't, to give us false information without realizing it. To put now, let's on stop there for a second. How did your case uh, get brought to the to the bar in the first place? Well, Sam, I want to say, first of all, that the case is on appeal, and at this stage, it's really important uh, to just let that process play out and let the appellate court decide, you know, what the proper steps are. So it's really inappropriate for me to go into much discussion of, about my case. But a a uh, California woman filed uh, false complaints. The state bar picked up on them and did investigations anyway. They wanted me to hand over client files. I said no, so they filed a lawsuit because they could have just barred me without filing a lawsuit. I, my under, my, I, this is not my area of expertise, but my understanding or guess is that it's probably unusual that the state bar actually sues one of their own attorneys. But in this case, they did because they um, either really wanted the client files or were creating a mechanism for punishing a whistleblower, um, maybe both. Um, but I got in the situation because a pharmaceutical troll put me on this, my state bar's radar screen. Whether the state bar has any connection, um, affiliation in a direct or conscious way with the pharmaceutical industry, which, by the way, North Carolina is known as vaccine central in the pharmaceutical world. We are one of, if not the top vaccine manufacturing state. Uh, really embarrassing to have the one guy in the country who works full-time in vaccine exemptions uh, with clients and attorneys all over the country living in that particular state. <laughs> so, well, and, and the reason I bring it up, I know you can't get into the case, uh, you can't talk too much about things, but I want to bring this up because you talked about disinformation experts. Uh, and, and I believe that's in many ways, this is my opinion to which I'm entitled here, I believe in many ways that's really how you got here. Big Pharma and, and others uh, who are different information experts are saying, hey, you know, here's what's going on. Here's what's being done. Here's what. Never mind the facts. Right. We're going to barbecue Allen in the court of public opinion. And then we're going to see if we can't get the um, others to back it, if you will. 
Well, let's look at the, uh, I think the count last I heard was in the 90s, over the last few years, medical doctors, PhDs, uh, chiropractors, and other so-called complementary or alternative healthcare practitioners and researchers suicided or outright murdered. In some cases, they didn't even try to pretend it wasn't a murder. Other times, they did pretend it was a suicide. But th- there's no better way, and this goes to a really interesting and, and frankly, fundamental point to the larger point that I was making, the people who are actually sourcing the um, control system are relatively few in number. The way that a small number of people control a massive number of others, in part, is that you put your people in the positions of authority, the decision-making positions in government and industry, or, or you exert pressure on the people who are there to do your bidding, whether they like it or not. And part of the system, and I tell you, they've got to be just laughing at this from time to time from their perspective, the psychological manipulation, the tactics that they use to manipulate us are so effective that on the ground floor level, so to speak, the front lines, the nurses you talk to in doctor's offices and and doctors and so forth, for example, those people, the vast majority of them are good people who believe they're doing the right thing. And it's because, not because they're bad people or careless or, you know, mental cases or whatever, that that they don't see the light and, and, and and, and that they oppose us. It's that they've been expertly manipulated. Um, and don't know it, of course. And so there are people out there passionately fighting those crazy anti-vaccine people because they really believe it. But it's not because they sat down, looked at the information, came to an independent decision. Quite the opposite. When people are controlled emotionally, and the two primary emotions for controlling people are fear and anger. Uh, fear with President, I mean, anger with President Trump. You see people who are anti-Trump, and they're almost always angry. And fear, and fear of death, ultimately, or fear of illness with, with vaccines and infectious disease. And when people get sucked into an emotion, often don't even realize that that's happening uh, on a conscious level, it shuts down cognitive thinking. You know, somebody said they asked a nurse once, why do we give newborn babies the hepatitis B vaccine? And her answer was, because that's what we do. And it was a really revealing answer. We can say analytically that was a really stupid thing to say, but this was not a stupid person. This was a person who didn't have an, an, an intellectual answer. And all she had um, uh, in her own self-defense and, and wanting to keep her job and, and provide for her family and so forth, which we should recognize and honor is what was really going on in that response. She was... Um, put in a position where she didn't have a choice. She didn't have an answer, so she had to, you know, had to make one up, which obviously would, would be difficult for any of us to do in that situation. So, so uh, again, we're dealing with psychological manipulation. So you've got to call out the corruption. You've got to put a spotlight on it. The only way that's going to happen, Sam, is if everybody speaks out. This is a real simple, if very difficult, solution, but I think it's the solution. And we can look back historically at how oppressed peoples have overcome their oppressors, and this is how they do it. All right, hang tight, ladies and gentlemen. Alan Phillips with us, Sam Bushman, Kurt Crosby. Kurt's got a couple of stories to fire our way for discussion as well. And uh, all I can tell you is, folks, we got to work on how we handle these things. How do we become effective? 
Kosher. Certified. Put the two words together to get Kosher-tified, which is spelled with an S-E-H instead of just S-H. It's the right way to spell this, the German way, and it made it easier to trademark. Now, did I tell you that the letters S-C-H still make the shh sound, as in all those American food producers saying shh? Let's keep it really quiet that our product is kosher certified. Think about it. Nearly one century of kosher certification, and hardly anyone outside exclusive observers knows that most packaged food and kitchen products are literally certified by religious intermediaries. Well, because you, consumer, are indirectly paying for this, the Kosher-tified app is here to make kosher certification awareness an inclusive matter for people of all faiths and identities. And it even boasts a unique database of products not kosher certified. We call that NKC. Start memeing it. It's fun. NKC. Not kosher certified. Now, to confuse our audience even more, we put a question mark at the end of our name, and that really cinched our trademark approval. It relates to the website where you can begin your new shopping behavior, thekosherquestion.com. Attention, Liberty News Radio listeners. Hard-hitting talk radio has never been and never will be supported by the mainstream in America. Hard-hitting talk radio is taking on the mainstream press like never before. News the networks refuse to use is one of the best ways to educate people. We invite all liberty-loving Americans to join with us to restore the principles of our founding fathers and promote God, family, and country in the media and our lives. Please help spread the Liberty message with your generous donation. You can go online at libertynewsradio.com right now and make a donation online. Or call 801-756-9133 and make a donation over the phone. That's libertynewsradio.com and 801-756-9133. Make a donation today. All right, we're talking about uh, talking to Alan Phillips, vaccine expert and speaker and um, et cetera, educator. Uh, but you know what? Uh, Kurt Crosby has a couple of interesting stories that I want to get uh, out here before the end of the hour. Kurt, headline, why the government pays billions to people who claim injury by vaccines. Interesting article. Well, that's right, Sam. And this one's from the uh, Atlantic.com. Um, James Hamlin's the author. Um, subheadline uh, says a little known deal protects drug companies in the U.S. from being sued and feeds conspiracy theories in the process. Um, it's a rather lengthy article, um, but I think it, well, I mean, it, it gets to the point. It says the average payment for this, uh, you know, vaccine injury compensation program, uh, which, you know, they verify the $4 billion amount that we've talked about. It says the average payment was about 430000 between 2013 and 2017 alone, uh, where the program paid out an average of $229 million a year. Uh, it doesn't sound to me like, based on those numbers, that it's the safe and effective way to go, Sam, does it? Well, it depends on how you define safe and effective. Like I say, it's a, it's a drop point. in the bucket. And here's the problem. They've got to shut down guys like Alan. They've got to shut down guys like me to the best of their ability. They've got to shut down anybody standing up for the truth because otherwise they're going to lose the handle on the dishonest deception. 
Okay? When the government pays literally billions. Okay? We're not talking about just a simple case. It happens all the time. Now, 49,000 children head back to school unvaccinated in Wisconsin alone. Hey, man, this is serious business. They've got to get a handle on it because if the word gets out, people are going to reject vaccines and their cash cows are gone. People are going to demand accountability. People are going to demand why they've been defrauded, manipulated, and dishonestly dealt with for literally decades, our whole lifetimes. And the vaccine compensation fund, the first payout, first payout in that was like 1988. But you got to go to decades prior to that to understand the whole thing and understand that, you know what? <laughs> They've been getting vaccine companies off the hook over their vaccines for a long time. The live polio vaccine is one of the greatest examples. People were suing because they were literally getting paralyzed at polio from the vaccines. Then they switched from the live vaccine to the supposedly not live one. And, and they've done all things to mitigate the liability there. But the fact is... It's the only area of healthcare that I know of where the government literally steps in and says, hey, we will shield you from liability. Whenever something goes wrong, we'll hush hush it. We'll deep six it. We'll pay out cash big time behind the scenes. The taxpayers will pay for it. And you drug companies can, can go merrily along your way uh, making big, big, big money. It's the only example like this. And that's my point is if that's really the case, which it is, I've studied this, uh, then at some point there's fraud behind the thing. Um, and that's what's going on. But more Americans are starting to get it. That's why 49,000 children, that's a lot of children in Wisconsin, um, they're not doing the vaccines anymore. They're realizing it's a sham. They're realizing that they're not safe and effective and they're dangerous and there's concerns. And, and the problem is there's nobody willing to have an open discussion about this either, are they, Alan? Well, no, and, and to underscore that point, they're now taking away the exemption rights around the country. They've gotten uh, California and New York, and the rest of us are, I mean, those are some pretty uh, may, uh, substantial first dominoes. And uh, the likelihood, I'm sorry to say, is that the other states will fall um, relatively quickly uh, now that that has occurred, absent some effective response. Uh, on our part. And uh, now, it's, it's interesting really how you got attacked in California, and that's where the surge uh, of taking away all of our rights are is in California as well. That's just an interesting observation that I've made. Well, yeah, and, and not by accident, because once California goes down, then it becomes easier to do the rest of the country. And New York is another uh, pivotal state in that respect. Texas is under assault now. Boy, if you can get anything going on in Texas where the, the sort of prevailing attitude historically there is, um, leave me and my personal rights alone, uh, it's going to be real interesting. That's going to be uh, a tough nut to crack. But now that California and New York have gone down, maybe it will. But let me go back to the real quick for another point because this is really important. When people don't succumb to the manipulation or they start waking up, then they have to use more forceful tactics. So one of those, of course, is, well, we'll just remove the rights altogether. We can manipulate a few legislators and control the entire state that way. So it's another example of how the manipulators focus on the decision makers and control everybody else that way. But Sam, with this 2011 Health and Human Services report that says over 99% of vaccine adverse events aren't reported. We need to understand that reporting potential adverse events is legally required by anyone who administers a vaccine. So, and, and not based on whether that healthcare professional thinks the vaccine caused the problem, but rather if certain conditions show up within seven days, 
which is a joke because vaccine adverse events can show up months or years later. But this is what the law says. If, if certain conditions show up within seven days or if anything that's listed as a side effect on the package inserts. And there's nothing in the law that says anything about if you, the doctor, nurse, whoever's administering the vaccine, thinks the vaccine caused it. That's not in there. So if over 99% of vaccine adverse events are not reported, then, for example, the entire pediatric community throughout the United States is in violation of federal law, over 99% of them, and the rest of the vaccinating healthcare professionals. We should be very concerned, not that 99% of of the uh, relevant medical doctors aren't following the law, but rather, or more importantly, that there's a control system in place that can make that happen. Well, and more importantly, uh, in my mind, if it's $4 billion now and 99% of the cases aren't reported, I mean, what would the number be? The problem is they'd never be able to keep a lid on it uh, if we had true reporting, accuracy in reporting, true accountability, uh, if we r- really made this transparent. And that's really what we're advocating for. There are some people that say we need all vaccinations banned 100%. Anybody who says anything less is um, into genocide or whatever else. And see, I don't agree with that. I, I believe in choice for vaccinations just as I want the right to not choose them. I want people to be able to choose for themselves. I'm not interested in a forced government plan either direction. Uh, but there are the, the naysayers that say, you know, I would be backing uh, some type of um, – death program by not being willing to ban them completely. I don't agree with that. Uh, and so the, the thing is that I'm not as extreme as some might be. But I will say this. I want transparency. I want the truth. And I want accountability. And let the truth um, set us free. And let the chips fall where they may. And that's well, where I've we're... always stood, Alan. But what, where will the chips fall, Sam? What we're really talking about here is the collapse of the pharmaceutical industry and international chaos, which would necessarily, if hopefully temporarily, ensue following that collapse. So it's it's one of those. Um, now, I got to be real clear here. You know, I was going to use an analogy. One of those, um, you know, too big to fail things. Well, I think they should have failed. If if you're violating the law, you need to be prosecuted. The chips fall wherever they fall. If we take a huge hit now, we do so for future generations so they don't have to. And I say the exact same thing with the pharmaceutical industry. I'm all for its collapse if that's what is required or what results from revealing the truth. But convincing others to go along with that even though they may realize there's a problem, they're going to say, yeah, but if we actually expose this, how are we going to manage that exposure and, and the resulting uh, things? And I'm not saying don't expose. Of course. Uh, but, but there is a fallout, and I would look at some of the Cuban and other people who have done some nature path solutions for vaccines. I would introduce competition into the system. It's kind of like how do you get off the fake United States Federal Reserve notes when you want to go back to honest gold and silver currency. You don't just right. blow the system up overnight. You realize that it's going to take a while to land this plane and and so you first open up competition for other solutions you encourage the solutions you get rid of the worst vaccines in the mix like maybe the flu vaccine i think that's one of the worst ones now uh or the polio vaccine you get rid of the worst ones the worst offenders you stop producing new vaccinations onto the market literally daily almost and and so you start pairing this back over time you introduce competition into the system and you could do so with a series over time uh of of reality check stories articles um, releases in in medical journals etc and you could slowly but surely move this needle and not create a meltdown if you were intelligent about it 
I agree, Sam. Uh, I think a brilliant response to my concern there, and uh, we have the means to manage it. And at the end of the day, it's, it's going to be they're going to be uh, rough parts to the transition because. Um, People like predictability and, and consistency and so forth. That's sort of human nature generally. But we are going to be so much better off when we go through the transition, how, however it ultimately manifests. And the the risk here with the, um, if understandable, ultimately detrimental lack of cooperation from the offenders themselves really pushes us into a place of having to take steps that could very well result in a much more uh, chaotic and less well-controlled transition. But either way that it happens, it needs to happen, Sam, and uh, God bless people like yourself and uh, and the others with you that, that uh, every day are out here working toward those solutions. Well, and let's be clear, um, you know, it's going to happen. The truth has a way of eventually coming out. Okay, so it's going to happen. The only question is when and how. Okay, I've got news for the naysayers. Uh, you can attack me all you want to, but the fact is the truth will come out. It's only a matter of when and how. Okay, the, the good guys win every time, and they always will. Okay, the only question is how much abuse we have to take along the way. And so I'm saying to these um, vaccine um, dis- dishonest folks, I'm saying this. Why don't we do so in a peaceful way? Why don't we do so in a manageable way? Uh, why bury our head in the sand and or ignore it and or mock it to where you create a catastrophe. There's an easy, peaceful way out of this, uh, and we don't have to necessarily go prosecute everybody that was involved. Ninety percent of the people involved, I believe, were hoodwinked and deceived anyway. Okay, so let, let's move on. Let's have transparency in the truth, and, and we don't need to necessarily go after um, those who have, who have perpetrated this on us. And the reason why is because you don't even know who they are. Uh, a lot of times you can say, well, it's pharmaceutical. And then you got to say, okay, well, which pharmaceutical executive knew what, when, and it becomes very difficult. I'm saying I want transparency in the truth. I want choice. I want, and, and we can do this over time and we don't have to create a meltdown and, and we can change people's understandings over time and we can not add new vaccines to the mix. First of all, in other words, sunset the program, so to speak. And then we can also get rid of the worst vaccines among us. We can just say, look, the flu vaccine, uh, as more flus come out, the flu vaccine becomes less and less effective. We've just determined that it's probably not worth uh, peddling this now. Um, here's the best ways that you can make sure that if you get the flu, you have the strong enough immune system to handle it. Here's the way it's mitigated around the world, uh, naturally speaking. And, other, and you can educate and you can sidestep 90% of the battles here over time, and you can embrace transparency. That's what I would advocate for. And uh, I think I'm uh, affirming something you said, or at least moving in the same general direction. If you actually start from a place of, we will not prosecute anybody who cooperates, you give them a possible, you give them a way out. You give them an opportunity to cooperate, whereas otherwise they have to hang on for dear life and um, to the bitter end defend their position of control. And uh, to the extent that we insist on prosecuting, it's going to get a lot uglier before it gets uh, prettier because those people. Well, and, and it may make it almost impossible to get done because the gatekeepers have a lot of cash. And as you know, with plenty of money, attorneys can get a lot done. All I'm yep. telling you is we want trans- Transparency. We want agency. We want people's ability to choose. And I've been consistent as the day is long with the same topic and the same issues and the solutions for over 25 years, ladies and gentlemen. And we'll continue to do so. Alan Phillips, our prayers are with you, my friend. Godspeed.
Thank you, Sam. Take care. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thanks for being alongside for the ride. God save the Republic of the United States of America.